Are you kidding me with those games? Are you kidding me with those games in the Champions League both yesterday and earlier today? Barcelona said nobody could top the kind of crash out we just had and Ajax said hold my beer in the second half as Liverpool and Tottenham pull off a couple of heists. I mean, highway robbery by those two teams, especially in the second halves of those games. Liverpool got one early in the game against Barcelona yesterday to kind of feel good about themselves, but it was still only 1-0 at the break. Barcelona had built up the 3-0, but then three goals in the second half for Liverpool, and they pull it out and shut out Barcelona. Now, look, if you're going to talk about I guess taking a look at the kudos to Liverpool and Tottenham for not giving up, right? They deserve to be in the Champions League final. They did not give up. The best two teams lost in the semifinals of those games. Now, some people argue, I had one guy on Twitter arguing with me earlier in the day, well, you're not the best team if you lose that lead. Well, they also had built up the lead. I mean, clearly Barcelona and Ajax should have been in the final, right? We know that. I mean, they they gagged, though. That's the thing. It's... Yes, Liverpool and Tottenham deserve to be where they're at because they kept fighting. And that is the one thing. Look, I am not the biggest Premier League fan. I think it's one of the most overrated things in sports, top to bottom. But, man, when you have to battle five other legitimate teams, sure, there's a lot of dogs in the Premier League, but when you have to battle five other legitimate teams, you have a fighting spirit about you. Right, Barcelona can cruise in La Liga except for four games a year. Two against Real Madrid and two against Atletico Madrid. And that's the problem. For some, Sometimes when a team like Barcelona faces adversity, first of all, it's not Barcelona's best team by a long shot. They're a shell of their former self. But they had no answer. They gagged. They just choked it away. Now, again, take nothing away from Liverpool. They are the ones who put all the pressure on. Look, people are going to be talking about how this is some magical team and everything. Liverpool is very good, but they're not even as good as Barcelona. I know, gasp, Denholm, how can you say Ajax is a better team than Tottenham right now, especially without Harry Kane in there. And yet, full credit to those teams for winning because they went out and did what they had to do in the two-leg tie, and they did not quit. They deserve it. The better team doesn't always win over the two legs. And that is what makes our sport all the better. Just the draw. It was fantastic. What in the world was Barca doing, though? Because I got to give it, at least if you're going to talk about the losers, I mean, you can't even put Ajax in the same breath as Barcelona the way Barcelona gagged, right? At least Ajax put up, I mean, fight. They had chances to close it out with some late flurries. Hugo Lloris makes a couple big saves. I mean, at least Ajax like played. Barcelona didn't even show up. It was embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. And again, not trying to take anything away from Liverpool, but Liverpool didn't even really play their best game yesterday. I know people think that's nuts. They fought harder than maybe they've ever had to, certainly this season. And they again fully deserved it. Wijnaldum was amazing. Origi, you know, but they didn't. They weren't like 
world beaters out there. Just Barcelona fell on their face. And Liverpool took advantage like a good team would. And that's, you know, again, you've got to give them the credit, but man, like, you can't say Ajax. Ajax gave up late goals, no doubt. And they're going to be hurting over it. But they fought and played well at times, too. I mean, at least they showed up, right? Hit me up on Twitter, your thoughts on the two losing teams. Because obviously we're going to have a lot of time to talk about Liverpool and, and Tottenham before the final. What is it, like June 1st? we got a ways to go. But And that's going to be a great matchup. And those teams deserve to be there. But the losers, I don't think you can compare Ajax and Barcelona. Yeah, they looked similar in the way it happened, certainly. Both of them should have been to the final. But Ajax at least put up a fight, right? I mean, I don't think there's really any comparison in how that went down. Yes, they should have held on. Maybe they tightened up a little bit too much, you know, got a little uh, too tight, as it were. But that was, I mean, Barcelona just fell on their fate. Like, it wasn't even funny. Frankly, Barcelona, by the end of it, didn't even deserve to be upset about it, really. And I know they were on the road in the second leg. Ajax did that at home. I get it. But it's still two legs or two legs. You just, you know, the way it happened with Tottenham was even more amazing than the way it happened against Barcelona with Liverpool. Because at least Ajax were throwing blows, you know, like they were going toe to toe. So I'll give them credit for that. It still hurts tremendously if you're an Ajax fan or the players were feeling it, no doubt. They'll never forget that. But I'll give them some credit for playing. And they're a better team than Tottenham right now. I really believe that. Like, If you were to play these teams 10 times each, I think Barcelona and, and Ajax are the better teams. Slightly. I don't think either one of them are world beaters. I don't think this is a particularly fantastic year in terms of overall teams. It's been an unreal year, though, the way it's playing out, and that's all that matters. That's why the sport is so great, right? I actually tweeted it out after the Liverpool game. It's the same thing after the Tottenham game today. I genuinely, and I know we like to mock some people, you know, like the age of 20 years ago when I used to be absolutely criticized for even loving soccer. Those are long gone, right? There's just too many of us here at Soccer Weekly and beyond. But I actually felt bad for people who just hate soccer for no reason on days like this. You know, when you're on social media and we're all going crazy with the Liverpool uh, comeback and then the Tottenham one, the way Lucas Mora finishes it off, we're going nuts and people are tweeting about, like, baseball teams, you know, in Game 40. Right? I mean, it's just kind of sad. They don't even have any idea what's going on around them in the beautiful game. I actually feel bad for those people. That's how great this sport is and how it just impacts. I mean, it's just unbelievable couple of days, without question. And it, look, hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. We can talk about you know who's going to win and all that later, right? we got plenty of time for that, an all-premiership final. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that the Premiership at least has five or six good teams. Or at least teams you really got to battle. rest of them, eh, it's still a very top-heavy league. And it's still ridiculous a lot of times, these leagues, with the way that one team or two teams dominate. But at least in the Premiership, you're battling a few more times a year than you have to in La Liga for Barcelona or for Real Madrid. Or Juventus has to do in Italy, for example. 
I'm at Talk Soccer. Don't forget, you can have the podcast. You miss any of the show each and every week. iTunes, ESPN Pod Center. Just look social, or you know, look for Soccer Weekly. Subscribe, rate, and review. Now, all of that with the Champions League went down, and then, oh by the by, uh, LA Galaxy just finished up not long ago with a pretty horrendous performance in Columbus, frankly. Now, you can point to, well, Jonathan Dos Santos got hurt. They weren't looking real good before he uh, went down. That did not help. We hope that he's not going to be out long. He did get subbed out kind of early, first half. Let's hope that's not a long-term thing. Maybe it was more precautionary, we hope. You never want to see people get hurt, right? But the Columbus crew ran over the Galaxy. They get a late goal from Daniel Starris, but 3-1 the final. Jossie Zardes, our old friend, with an unbelievable, then for Federico Higuain, Higuain with a great goal. Then old uh, Hector Jimenez. What was it? LA Galaxy retread night for the Columbus Crew. By the way, I love the way Hector Jimenez plays. He's he's got, he's really come a long way over the course of his career. He's a good player, and the Columbus Crew cinched it with that goal. That was in the 66 minute. Then again, Steris scored with a few minutes left. So uh, Guillermo Barros Escaloto goes back to his old stomping grounds as a player and gets stomped on. And the crew broke a five-game losing streak. They're going to be taking on the uh, LAFC coming up on Saturday. You'll hear it right here on ESPN LA, the home of the black and gold. Another home game for Columbus in in quick succession here, but they're going to be taking on LAFC on Saturday at Moffrey Stadium. So now they broke their five-game losing streak. So I guess if you're an LAFC fan, it's a double blessing because the Galaxy lost and the crew have now broken their losing streak. So maybe you can get them to start another one, right? You never want to play a team that's, so cold that they're like, we're talking like you have to count their losing streak on two hands. That's not good because you know at some point they're going to win. Well, the Galaxy, the one who took it on the chin, crew played a really fine game. And in fairness, their goals were really nice. Now, some of that was due to problems the Galaxy are starting to show in the midfield. Uh, yeah, some of our, like our old friend of the show, Sebastian Leggett, that game is, uh, the game tonight is not going on his resume tape. We'll just say that. So much more to get to. We will talk more about that game coming up later as well. We got stoppage time. Tyler Miller, LAFC goalkeeper, going to join us next for Black and Gold Breakdown. I am Dave Dethome, and you are listening to the home of the Black and Gold, the home of world football here in Southern California. This is ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Dethome here on the home of world football in Southern California. Hanging out with you. We got the Black and Gold coming up on Saturday, taking on Columbus Crew in Mafre Stadium. In Columbus, you'll hear right here on ESPN LA. It is time now for the Black and Gold Breakdown. One, two, three, breakdown! It's the Black and Gold Breakdown. Breakdown. Break it down like this right now. And joining us now to break down all things LAFC is the goalkeeper for the Black and Gold, Tyler Miller. Tyler, thanks for taking the time, buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Tyler, let's get right to it. Why is the defense just a little bit tighter, a little bit sharper here in 2019 to start the season than maybe you were at times last year even? Well, I think this year it just comes down to everyone's really buying into the system that Bob's uh, been implementing over the last year and a half. Um, Early on uh, last year and at times throughout the season, I think that we just had a, a lack of chemistry, and that's in part because the way that we play is often uncomfortable for a lot of defenders. And this year, I think the guys have really bought into to our system and, and being in that uncomfortable position at times. But knowing that being there means that we're in a more 
aggressive place to win the ball back higher up the field, which in turn can can lead to uh, successful uh, attempts at goal and, and goals. Yeah. Well, and, and I don't disagree at all. I think it's been a magnificent start, certainly. Uh, not like you guys played badly last year defensively, but you have picked it up a notch. And we're talking with Tyler Miller, who's leading the league of anybody who started more than two games with a 0.73 goals against average. Your save percentage is very good, but that's one thing that's amazing, Tyler. My next question, you haven't had to make like eight, ten saves a game, you know what I mean? Like It's not like you're facing LAFC's offense all the time either. Like You have to make that one or two big saves a game to keep this team in it. How difficult is that? What is the mindset of that? You've had to come up with some really big saves a couple of times a game. Yeah, that's one of the hardest things for goalkeepers too. When you're you're not in games where you're, you're facing a lot of shots, and yeah. so you have to keep that concentration throughout the entire game. And, and it could come in the first minute uh, when you're calling the action, or it could come in, in the 89th minute when you when you have to make one save. But that one save is what uh, either keeps your team in the game or or keeps you you having a lead. Um, so for me, I just really focus on like, okay, no matter what happened previously, I have to be ready for the next play. And, and that's helped me kind of be in a good mindset for, for anything that I'm called into, whether it's coming out to intercept the through ball or gather across or making yeah. an important pass or, or save. That's just been the one thing that I've really been trying to focus on this year. And it's really helped me so far. Yeah, indeed it has. We're talking with goalkeeper of uh, the black and gold at Tyler Miller, a huge part of a defense that has just been so good this season so far for the black and gold. And uh, Tyler, let me ask you this. When you do come off your line occasionally, you got to make a play as a goalkeeper, right? If you leave that box of yours, if you leave that 18-yard box, you got to make a play. Now listen to what happened to Tyler Miller in this last game right here. You heard it right here on ESPN LA. Let's play that, Mario. 25 from goal. Chips it towards the back post. Waiting there was Kapelhoff, who knocks it high in the air. And a second header there to clear it to Mihaljevic. Oh, Gaetan sends it long. Uh-oh, Miller is 40 yards out of his goal, and Miller wins the ball in midfield. Get rid of it, Tyler. Sends it long to the far side of Ramirez. Tyler Miller had to do it, or it was a goal, Chicago. Oh, boy, Tyler, that was amazing. <laughs> what, what were you thinking there? Talk us through that play, because you were out there way faster than I mean I turned my head and you're already playing sweeper keeper no I was just worried at that point how stressed my mom was watching at home <laughs> um no uh it was it was a play where where I knew he was going to play it over the top long to, to yeah. their forward that was breaking through and I I like to be able to come out and, and be aggressive and cut out balls before I even have to make saves and I think that's for me the easiest way to prevent goals is to to stop the, the fire before it even happens. Um, and uh, in that moment, the ball just kind of uh, held up a little bit more than I expected, but I just felt like I had to commit at that time because as a goalkeeper and in our position, if if you stop half and half in that kind of dead man zone, then yeah. you're just left out to dry. And so in that moment, I was just like, I'm going to go and I'm going to, uh, make myself as big as possible and uh, hopefully scare the guy so that way he misses his touch. And that's, uh, fortunately for me, what, what ended up happening. All right, now that was awesome. Has there ever been in your career, dating back to when you probably started playing goalkeeper as a young, uh, young where you missed that particular play? Did you ever go out, Tyler, and we didn't see it because there was no cameras around? Did you ever miss that? 
Oh yeah, all the time. <laughs> I mean, it it it, uh, it happens in training a lot. It's it's part of the way that that I learn. Uh, for me, the best way to learn is by making mistakes in training. Yeah. And so, whenever there's a through ball, and I'm uh, thinking, okay, let me let me try and get this one. And sometimes it doesn't work, and, and sometimes it does. But that's where you get that timing of like knowing, okay, where's my comfort zone of when can I intercept balls? When should I know to to stay? And uh, sometimes you go and you have to change your mind and quickly run back to the goal. But those those are the moments in training that I that I work on. It's it's, it's happened in in a game or two here or there. But uh, I, I try to to keep it. Uh, uh, the unsuccessful ones more to, to training than to the games. Yeah. You talking like that brings me back to actually a play earlier in the year that was your your counterpart for San Jose. Daniel Vega comes out, right? Yeah. Ball bounces weird. He misses it completely. It was just a weird bounce. And Carlos Vela's running at full speed. Forget about it. It's in the back of the net. What is your first thought when you see Of course you're going to be happy. LAFC scores the opening goal to get things going, and it turns into a great day. What was your first thought when you see uh, you know your your fellow goalkeeper do that? Yeah, that's a that's a tough one because obviously I'm ecstatic because we're yeah. we're getting a goal, but I mean, I have to feel bad for for Vega because uh it's just every a lot of goalkeepers have been there where they're they're coming out to clear a ball and then it bounces weird or it goes under your foot or you just miss hit yep. it completely and the the other team ends up scoring and so uh, but those things are part of the game, and, and you can't. I can't let something like that change the way I play. So even if it wouldn't have worked out on on um, this past weekend against the Fire, I wouldn't change how I how I play because that's what makes me who I am and and makes me a, a good goalkeeper. Yep. And we are talking with a good goalkeeper, Tyler Miller from LAFC. He's having a great start to the season, as are his teammates, certainly, and. Uh, I know it obviously makes it a lot easier when your team's pumping in goals, but that's not going to happen every game, right? We see the nil-nil against Chicago. You still got to grind out a result, even on days when maybe our, you know, the offense isn't putting in a lot of. We saw it with the one-one in Seattle. That's got to keep you guys on your toes. Talk a little bit about this the center back pairing of Walker Zimmerman and Eddie Segura. They've been so critical and have really, to me, just seemed to mesh right from minute one this season. Walker and um, and Eddie have been doing a great job uh, so far this season. I think that really comes down to just the the chemistry that we've built in uh, in practice every day, because um, that's where all of those bonds and those little nuances that go into the game. Even though they don't don't speak the same language, um, but soccer is a universal language and it's a universal sport. And so. Um, a lot of times it's based on the comfortness that you build in training. And I think that Walker and Eddie have really done a great job of building that every day and, and how they train together. And, uh, I mean, Walker was here last year and he did a phenomenal job. Um, but Eddie coming in, he just has this new excitement of being here, showing up every day and really just, he brings a smile and, and enjoyment to the game, um, almost like a, in a childlike manner, but it's just something that's so refreshing and, and is needed um, for our team and really helps bolster our our defense and our team in general. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Tyler. 
What do you think about when uh, the schedule kind of gets quirky here with these back-to-back games, more so even against FC Dallas coming up, because those are like in, within four days. Seattle actually had a game in between the two that you played against them. What do you feel about that schedule where it's, you know, you're playing Dallas, you're going on the you know, In four days, you're going to play FC Dallas twice. Yeah, I mean, this is the MLS. I, uh, a lot of times you, you never know what the schedule and how things will change when uh, when when everything comes out, but I mean, it also builds for this exciting like rivalry that you get to have with the team for for two games in a row. We had it with Seattle, um, where it was like a playoff it, uh, series almost. Yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah, it's almost like like the playoffs used to be, where it was a home and away, and so yeah. um, each each play it's like has more meaning to it almost because it's going to carry over to the next game, and so. Uh, there's kind of this little like bit of rivalry that you get you get to share with this team for however for the, those two games. Um, I think the only it's thing fun. you know I, I do I see your point and that actually is a great uh, answer, frankly. But the one thing that bothers me about it is you know if a guy let's say you know let's say Walker you know heaven forbid but picks up a little nagging injury even you know just a little tug of the you know hamstring wants to be careful you might miss two games against a crucial rival. You know what I mean? Like back but to the, back. Those, but those things are part of the game. I mean, yeah. you can't play, you can't play the game and be like, "Oh, what if this happens or what if that happens?" And what if you pick up a red card? I mean, th- those things happen throughout your the, your career and throughout the season. So, those are just the opportunities that players will then have to step up and and really make an impact on a team. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if we're going to make a deep run in the playoffs, we're going to need all twenty six, twenty seven guys we have on our roster to push it every day in training and be ready when their number is called and, and ready to step up and, and make important plays and, and important moments. Well, he's having a good year in between the pipes, and he's having a good year right here on the show because uh, enjoy this, Tyler. I don't say it very often, but you're right and I'm wrong when it comes to that argument right there. So <laughs> enjoy that. Hey, always a pleasure to talk to you, buddy. Tyler Miller, LAFC goalkeeper, having a great season. Keep it going, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Speak soon. You bet. The great Tyler Miller there. Having a good season to start, man. We're loving what he's doing with LAFC in the pipes. You can hear the game against Columbus coming up on Saturday here on ESPN LA. I am Dave Denholm. We continue on. It's the home of world football in Southern California. Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. Everybody's still buzzing about the Champions League semifinals that wrapped up in legs two for both of those series yesterday and today in very similar fashion. I mean, Who'd have thought anybody could top Liverpool's comeback against Barcelona, but Tottenham was like, oh yeah? Anything you can do, we can do better. Lucas Mora in the 96th minute, I mean, literally seconds left before the referee was going to blow the whistle because he ended up adding on time because of the goal and the celebration by Tottenham after the goal, but it was just about would have been the last kick. And Ajax were ripped apart by Tottenham without Harry Kane, you know, I mean, it's not like I mean, Spurs are a great team, but Ajax was the better team in terms of without, you know, the injuries that Tottenham was facing and everything. And I I know injuries are part of the game. We all get that. No excuses. Spurs weren't making any excuses. They just went out and played. Everybody's still buzzing about that, and that's phenomenal. I mean, no question. Even, you know, for the neutrals, those were great, unbelievable comebacks. Now, life goes on in terms of other soccer, right? We've got the U.S. Open Cup starting to fire up. We love that here at Soccer Weekly. You know, certainly the MLS teams, LAFC will be getting involved with that. The Galaxy will be getting involved with that soon, coming up in June. So we'll keep our eyes on that, of course. 
also had the Galaxy play in the midweek game against Columbus, which is interesting because it sets up the LAFC matchup against Columbus. So I was watching this game, certainly with one eye on the Galaxy, but also with a you know a critical eye on, on Columbus as well. And you know uh, it's funny. I got a, I got tweets earlier from a diehard Tottenham fan that I love, Matt, and he tweeted. You know we were just going back and forth earlier in the night. I, I have to say this though. He said. One of the tweets, and I don't think he'd mind, it's something about like how expensive the tickets were. He made a funny tweet about it. I don't you know, I just don't want to he didn't, you know, ask me to say it, so I don't want to actually say the tweet, but it's so funny how expensive the tickets are. But, you know, now everybody wants to go to that final, no doubt. I mean who can imagine how that's gonna I mean, could it get any better than the semis? You have to be there. You know what I mean? If you're a di- but it's gonna be oh crazy. And yet, so I'm watching the Galaxy game. Get back to that with the Columbus crew. And Columbus fully deserved the win. The Galaxy got ripped apart a lot defensively. Now, this is two straight games giving up the three goals. It's, it looks a little bit more the last couple of games like last season's defense. Now, again, no time to panic here. But it's definitely got a whiff of 2018 more than it had the way that Scalotto's defense had been playing earlier in the season, right? The last couple of games... It's more like, yikes, third loss of the season, all of them on the road, certainly still perfect at home for the Galaxy, but now 1-3-1 and one on the road, and Columbus it was in the midst of a five-game losing streak as they head into that Saturday game against LAFC in Columbus in Moffrey Stadium. So I was watching both sides there with particular interest. What I saw about Columbus was a team that was gaining more and more confidence through the midfield against the Galaxy. That's going to be tough sledding against LAFC if you're the Columbus. It's going to be a lot different. Now, again, Jonathan Dos Santos went down late in the first half with an injury. That doesn't help. But they still were getting more confident on the football against that Galaxy midfield. That's a different story against LAFC, right? That's where the game lies. If Columbus can play as well as they did tonight against the Galaxy, then LAFC could be in trouble. If Columbus's midfield can pull that off against the black and gold, I don't know that that's going to happen, though. That's where I think the advantage becomes more dramatic. And then the defense got ripped. But a lot of the goals, and you know, you see it on social media, so many people are so smart. You know, look, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of people out there that are just, you know, flapping their gums metaphorically, pressing their keyboard up and down. But there's a lot of smart people on social media, and there's a few tweets going out, you know. It is about the midfield when it comes to the Galaxy giving up these goals. Now, the defense has had some moments. Ralph Felcher is, you know, Jurgen Shelvick is, yeah, okay. But in terms of this game, a couple of the goals were just the defense really started breaking down in the midfield. And that is a telltale sign. And as I watch Skeloto's side and I watch the Galaxy, the one thing that is clearer and clearer to me is just how, not disorganized, but how open everything is there's not that real continuity defensively at times now they've played some good games defensively and they have looked a lot better than it but when it breaks down i'm saying it breaks down you even saw it in the first game of the year if you remember the chicago fire i kind of made the joke that they don't have any truck drivers on the fire team because there were holes that you could drive a truck through if you were able to against the Galaxy in that first game. Now, that's a long time ago, but they managed to avoid that, right? That, you know, that was, the, they, they avoided the problems and that one still got the win. But you can see this team gets torn apart at times in the midfield. 
It's not just a, oh, there's a little breakdown, we'll make up for here. There's only so many times Latan Ibrahimovic can pull your uh, fanny out of the fire. You know, so it's like you got to be careful of that. There's only so many times Latan's going to get that game winning goal when it really counts late or whatever. And, and you'll get plenty of that. You can rely on it a lot because he's that good. But you still got to plug that up in the midfield. Now with the Jonathan Dos Santos, you know, getting a knock here, hopefully it's not too serious. But again, it's another element of concern. We'll see how this continues to play out. It's a long season, right? I mean, they're a third of the way through already, but both teams now, the Galaxy and LAFC, on 11 games. LAFC still atop the West, 24 points. Galaxy will be on 22, st- stuck on 22 after the loss. So it's a, a bit of a, a bit of a slap in the face there from Columbus. They really own that game. Easily could have been 3-0. I mean, credit to the Galaxy for continuing the fight. They pull a goal back. Daniel Steeris gets one, but yeah, clearly that was all Columbus crew in the, on the night. And that, again, concerning in how that midfield got ripped apart. Defensively, no, the back line wasn't good, but it really started in that midfield, and there were a few too many poor performances there. So that's how you have to kind of see how that game breaks down. If you have any thoughts on it, at Talk Soccer on Twitter, feel free to hit me up there. As your best bet, maybe give, you know, give me your analysis on that a little bit deeper. I know, that, again, one game, but now it's two games, realistically, because the same thing happened in the second half against the Red Bulls. And actually, the Red Bulls did the, a lot of that through the midfield in the first half. It's just that the Galaxy scored a couple really nice goals and kind of turned the table on them for a little while. But it wasn't as though the you know the defenses look good or the midfielders look good in the, either of these last two road losses. So we'll see what happens there. And again, remember... It's MLS. Galaxy are in the middle of a, a rough stretch schedule-wise. <clears throat> that happens. <clears throat> Excuse me. Should be hitting the cough button. That does happen, you know, but you, you battle through those. But it, it doesn't get any easier. They're back at home on Saturday, but it's a quick game, quick turnaround against NYCFC, who's been playing much better of late, too. But the Galaxy do have two straight home games, the Saturday, and then the, it'll be a nice little rest until Sunday, May 19th against Colorado. So you got to right the ship. That is the one thing about MLS, right? We know this. It's up and down, but the key is to not let the downs last too. You got to get right back to winning. And it's something I want to point out actually about the LAFC loss or no loss. See where my head's at. That nil-nil drab draw against Chicago. And I want to talk a little bit more about that. Certainly many chances for the uh, LAFC for the black and gold to win that. Kind of the second straight game that happened in terms of the Seattle, the draw against a 10-man Seattle side, which who eventually became a 9-man Seattle side. Yeah, eerily similar in that sense. A lot of chances. But in the Chicago game, credit to the fire for really battling their guts out for 90 minutes. Nobody's been able to run with LAFC for 90 minutes the way the fire at least did that. So I'll give their team credit for that. But it brings me to another point. And we've talked about it a lot. When it's three points for a win, the greatest rule change in the history of sports, in my estimation, or one of them, certainly, then when you go on the road, I understand what the Fire are trying to do. They know LAFC is too good, right? At home especially. They were perfect going into that game at home. I get it. 
But the Fire really didn't give themselves much of a chance to win. Now, they had a chance, certainly, that Tyler Miller had to come up big on. And they had, a you know, a couple of half chances that were, you know, they could have snuck out three points. I get it. But they really didn't give themselves the best chance. And that's what always makes me scratch my head when it comes to MLS coaches. Go on the road and try to win. Three points for a win is massive. That one point for a draw, yeah, sometimes you're going to have to just be settled with that, and sometimes it's going to be a very good result. You could argue, the fire could argue it was a very good result against LAFC, but then again, you got shut out. Now, I know you. it was nil-nil, but there are both two sides of the football in that sense, too. It's always like, oh, well, they got the shutout, they got the point, that's a great result. Really? You, you got shut out. You ver- barely had a chance to sniff at goal. Is that really the best idea? Okay, if you open up a little bit, you might lose 3-0. Yeah, you could, but you also might win. And to me, the three for a win, I'll, t- I'll say it time and time again, just go for it. Now, again, on one level, you're glad that they didn't. But, you know, they're at home ripping through a New England team earlier in the night. The same Chicago Fire team. They're way underperforming, in my estimation, under Velko Ponovic. They got too much talent to be trying to be too sensitive on the road. Still winless on the road, by the way, at 0-3 and 2. But now you know, it looks like they're, you know, are a way better team. Just take the training wheels off on the road. So you you might lose a game or two. You might even get crushed occasionally. So what? Go after the victories. Three points for a win is massive on the road in MLS because they just don't happen all that often. It's tough. I get it. LAFC already have eight points on the road from five matches. There will be teams that don't get eight points on the road all year. And a lot of that is due to the fact that I think these managers are way too tense and way too tight when it comes to playing on the road. Once again, hit me up on Twitter. You can follow the show there, at Talk Soccer. Yeah, I had to get that off my chest. After all the excitement of the Champions League, Galaxy laid an egg, and they're going to have to rebound from that really quickly at home against NYCFC coming up Saturday. Oh, by the way, Columbus will host the black and gold, your black and gold. You'll hear it right here on ESPN LA. I am Dave Dedholm. Still to come, stoppage time. One of our favorites with the great Mario Reeves. That's next here on the home of world football here in Los Angeles, ESPN LA, 710. Without question, the fastest hour in all of radio, man. This show just flies by. We are rolling here in the home of world football in Southern California, ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Denholm at Talk Soccer on Twitter, where you follow the show. You can continue the conversation after the show is done. We do have to get to time now for the L.A. Care Injury Report. At L.A. Care, our mission has always been to provide quality, affordable health care coverage to all Angelinos. For more information, visit LACare.org today. L.A. Care. For all of L.A. Not good news on the injury front for the L.A. Galaxy. Of course, Jonathan Dos Santos had to be uh, subbed out of the game earlier tonight in the first half. Looked like a knee issue. We don't have anything further too much, so just hope that's, uh, you know, obviously a minor thing. Maybe they were hopefully more precautionary. Uh, You still have Roman Alessandrini. He's going to be out for a while with the surgery. Perry Kitchen's been battling the foot injury. So tough times for the Galaxy. LAFC getting healthier 
We saw Andre Horta be available on the bench. Lee Wynn is still working his way up to full, you know, the full 90-minute type of thing. He's still coming along well. Uh, still haven't seen Vito. He seems like he's getting back to, you know, 100%. Adama Diamande should be, you know, the, the things are getting better for LAFC. You still have Danilo Silva, Javi Perez, and uh, Alejandro Guido kind of still trying to get back to 100%. But again, the injury list is clearing up a bit for the black and gold. That is your LA Care injury report. Time now for the great stoppage time. What time is it? It's stoppage time! Yeah, stoppage time! Yeah. It's stoppage time! Right now! Always fun to chat and stop at time with the producer of this show, the producer of the Black and Gold here on ESPN LA, Mario Rees. Mario, how are you, buddy? Dave, how fun has the Champions oh, League been in the man. past two days? Woo, wow. That was a crazy 48 hours, no doubt about that. Much respect to Liverpool and Tottenham. Man, but how unlikely was Liverpool's comeback? Now, this is from ESPN Stats and Info, which I love on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Go follow ESPN Stats and Info on Twitter. Barcelona was minus... 3,000 to reach the final, according to Westgate. Wow. Westgate that is Superbook. Huge. Oh, man. That is, those are some odds right there. That is long odds for Liverpool, and they got it done. I mean, again, you know, uh, Divac Origa, I mean, unlikely suspects in a, little, in a lot of ways. You know, the Lucas Moura getting a hat trick for Tottenham, Wijnaldum and Origi getting it done for Liverpool. I mean, full credit, like you said. But I got to tell you, Mario. Those, uh, you know, it's always fun to follow kind of the betting lines, right? Because yeah. usually, let's face it, usually Vegas is right on, and that's about right. I think Barcelona was like you would have thought automatic after that first leg to get through, virtually a lock, and yet Liverpool just would not die. What a what a what a great couple of days! And Tottenham may have been even more spectacular than they, with, with what they did than what Liverpool did. So. Yeah, and more here from Stats and Info, ESPN Stats and Info. Five thirty-eight Soccer Power Index gave Liverpool a seven percent chance to advance. All right, seven percent. Yeah, that's not good. But I, I, those I don't like as much. I don't mind the odd stuff because people can actually bet on that. But the you know the percentage stuff. Okay, I know it's ESPN. I love ESPN. You know. But, you know, they still got to play the game. Go figure it out, right? I mean, we're going to find out one way or the other. So, good stuff with the odds. Yeah, the 7%, okay. I, I would have thought it had been lower, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Dave, if you were a fan of Barca or Ajax, getting knocked out in yeah. this manner hurts so many ways. I mean, yeah. this, is, this is crazy Kills. the way this hurts. Yeah, absolutely. Is the feeling of losing more powerful than the joy of winning? What do you think? I uh, oh boy, it's a great question, fabulous question, and and it fits more than just obviously soccer. But these last couple of days, it's all been about the Champions League. But yeah, it fits. I think it, the 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 pain of losing is far worse, Mario. I, I really do. I think it sticks with you longer too, right? Because the way sports are, yeah, you have another game coming up, or you know. But let's remember, Tottenham or Liverpool, one of them's still going to be royally disappointed in a couple of weeks, right? You know what I mean? So all that. All this euphoria and this natural high that they both deservedly are riding right now, somebody's still got to go lose in the Champions League final after all that. See, I think I'd be the opposite. I'm a guy that likes to think positive. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, you know what? I'm not. Let's turn the page <laughs> and let's get it next year. Yeah. You know? Well, good luck. Well, yeah, but you can do that. Hopefully, you can do that as quick as possible, but it still usually takes a while. And I know it's turning the page. And you can turn the page and still remember Mario the pain. True, Ajax and Ajax and uh, and Barcelona will never forget this. 
right? But you can also win and still remember as well. Yeah, of and course. remember a lot happier and longer. But let's say this. Let's say Liverpool, and I'm just throwing it out, whatever. I mean, this is not my prediction. Let's say Tottenham somehow beats Liverpool late in the final, right? They get two goals in the last 10 minutes. Crazy, right? It, yeah. The craziness continues. For a neutral, it's great. But a Liverpool fan will be decimated forever over that, even though they had just had one of the greatest comebacks in the history of the sport, right? I mean, you still yeah. got to win it, and that's that's the amazing part of this. One of these teams is still going to be royally upset, no matter how great it was in the last couple of days. And that's just sports. You got to win. When you get this far, you really have to win. And when you got to the final this way, you really have to finish it off. Yeah, That's a, when you're you know, at minus 3,000, you really got to win. I got to tell you, the more I think of this, the closer we get, Mario, the pressure is going to be immense for these two teams. And I'll say this. Normally you would say if one of them had done this, right? Like if only one of these series went this way, in other words. like so Let's say Liverpool comes back, but let's say Ajax just kind of takes care of Tottenham. And it was kind of easier. Liverpool would be riding high going into the final with very little pressure, in a way. You know what I mean? Like because they made this amazing comeback. Now that both teams have done it, it's almost like there's more pressure on these two teams to finish this off. Now you both got through in such amazing manner that you you're not playing with house money. Quite the contrary. But both these teams got to consider it a success already, don't you agree? Well, I mean. It depends how the final goes, in fairness. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. That's an interesting point. If somebody, you know, if Liverpool comes out and wins 2-0 in the final, it's kind of a boring game, and they kind of dominate. Yeah. Eventually, I think Tottenham, maybe you could look back on the whole campaign and say, you know, overall, yeah, we got to the final, but that'll take a long time because now you're losing to a premiership rival. You know, this is not losing to some team you never really play that often. This is like... Ouch. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah. Now that it's both teams are premier, whoever loses, oh boy, this is going to be a gut punch. I mean, the way these two teams, Liverpool and Tottenham, celebrated, it seems like they already won the well, exactly, game. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with that in a way because they did have to come back and how could you not celebrate? You know, I mean, obviously it would be ludic- ludicrous to assume a team's just going to kind of go do what these two teams did and just like when the final whistle blows be like, oh yeah, we still got another game to go. No big deal. Right, they're going to celebrate right. these kind of wins, but man, the pressure is going to be immense for that final. You don't want to blow this, you know what I mean? In other words, of course like, not. Yeah, you don't want to blow this. You know that's and that's kind of makes almost like me being a Cleveland sports fan for you know my whole life, almost fifty years, Mario. That's why I'm so negative. Like I would be thinking. I'm so euphoric, and then I'm, you know, like about a day later, I'm like, oh no, are we going to blow this now? That we, you know, <laughs> how are we going to lose the final now? You know, like so. Oh boy, Stop it, time! that is a good question. We move on. We got another story here, Dave. A man wearing a Mexican wrestling mask has been banned from all levels of football in Australia for 10 years following a bizarre pitch invasion. Throw him in jail for that long. I know, Dave. You. This is something that you dislike here, the pitch invaders. I know. The invader ran onto the field in the second half of the game. And with his face, uh, he had a mask on his face. And then he brandished the referee with a red card. <laughs> If you could believe that. I mean, that's funny. Yeah, I mean, that's funny. <laughs> so the players, he, the players ripped off his mask and exposed the man's identity before he was actually taken off the field. Well, that's good because yeah. now, now they can ban him. But, I, yeah, I've always said, Mario, the pitch invaders, 
10 years in jail. And everybody mocks me for that. Like, oh, that's so that's harsh. harsh, Dave. 10 years. Ask Monica Sellis if that's harsh. No, I agree. I agree. I agree with that. She, you know, for the for kids who are younger than us, Mario, they probably don't even, I mean, she got stabbed. But that's like going from zero to 100, like really quick with the uh, the harshness there. But here's the thing. It will never happen again. Yeah. Right. If you don't want it to happen, if you're because this day and age, it'll Mario, definitely make you think twice. Yeah. It, in it, well, think twice. My good. <laughs> it better stop you from doing it. I mean, how drunk do you have to be that uh, ten years in jail? Who cares? I'm going to run around on a pitch. But here's the thing: it will stop it. And here's why: because in this day and age, we don't know what's going to happen. Right. These are not the days of some man or woman running around naked trying to get you know publicity or something. Now I know that happens occasionally. And it's tried for a publicity stunt. Well, nowadays we can't afford that kind of thing because we don't know what maniac is out there looking to do somebody harm, right? We've seen it. We've seen it already. And it's getting worse, not better in that sense. We're getting more defensive and rightfully so. So you've got to lay the hammer down. You've got to lay the law down. And we have to let everybody know because you brought up a good point to me, you know, as we've had this discussion before. If people don't know the severity of the penalty, 10 years in jail is kind of a big, you know, I get it. But FIFA, uh, social media, everybody, get the word out. Every league, every game, announce it, and it will stop. We'll never have it happen because it's not funny. What happened at West Ham earlier? We talked about it, right? Yeah. I had to go on this rant then. Somebody, a player got like, almost decked from behind. I yeah. mean, what if the dude had a sharp object in his hand and wanted to do more harm than just being a drunken fool? I mean, you can't, you can't just, you can't allow it anymore. It's not funny. It's not cute. It is reported that the man is a former referee who was staging a protest against well, the treatment I mean, of ridiculous. officials over the yeah, past I mean, twelve months. I mean, come on, it's fine. And, and again, I'm taking it to the harshest degree. I get it. it. I'm not saying this man had those intentions, right? But we don't judge intentions anymore, or you can't afford to. If you lay down the law, lay down the law. And if people want to run around. Then, you know what? Look, five years in jail, one year, whatever. But it will stop because it has to stop because it's just too dangerous. It's not funny. It's lame. It's tired. You know, you're not even like original anymore doing it, you know? And don't give me, well, what about the kid who runs out to get an autograph from a play? Well, his parents should, you know, not let him do it. I mean, come on. And it's That's happening ridiculous. more and more because you see it over social media, and some because people think we it's allow cool. it exactly. So more and more people are doing it and trying yes. to get their, you know, their fame gone because they know it's really just a slap on the wrist, right? You can get away with it. Yeah, that's the problem. It's Ask- a slap on the wrist, and that's why I'm saying ten years is a little bit harsh, but we can we can amp that up a little bit. Well, you soft, you soft on crime, Reese. <laughs> Great stuff, as always, the great Thank Mario Reese. Oh, what another uh, fast hour, i got to tell you. You want to continue the conversation and what we talk about, you want to let me know how the show's going or whatever, subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast on iTunes. Leave me a, uh, a, you know, a rating and a review. That's fine. Or you can hit me up on Twitter as well. Do both, really, at Talk Soccer. I'm Dave Denholm. This is the home of world football in Southern California, ESPN LA 710.